Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Coach's Edge and Kramer Basketball. We're talking about postseason practice keys. It's an exciting time of year. Did I mention that it's March? It's March. It may feel like February, depending on what part of the country you're in, but there's also that that little it's a thing in the air, right? You can't explain it. It's an intangible thing where it's March. You can just tell. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So in this episode, we're talking about some postseason practice keys. And my hope is that you can find a couple of tidbits in here and start to apply it to these practices as they are very precious at this point in the season. If you find it beneficial, please subscribe, rate, and review. That's like gold for podcast people such as myself. And uh, we're up and running with all of our basketball clinics, basketball camps. First one for the spring is this weekend, which I'm really fired up about. A lot of shooting coming this summer, and we'll continue to work on a lot of our game-based drills, a lot of our random drills, situational drills. Um, we really teach players how to how to attack, read the defense, finish, pass, create for others, all that fun stuff. So. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If there's anything that I can do for you, please let me know. Let's get to the show. Here we go, Coach. Thanks for checking out this episode as we dig into postseason practices and I share some of my thoughts. And First off, man, I, I flew up to Michigan to do some consulting and I got a clinic this upcoming weekend and my face is like cracking. My lips are, you know, getting all cracked. I had to buy some chapstick. And it's reminded of how soft I've gotten living down south for a few years. Because I remember when living in Michigan, this was just normal stuff, normal weather. And uh, man, living in South Carolina for a few years, it definitely, definitely changes you. But as I came up here and I talked with a, a lot of different coaches on some things that they're trying to do as they prepare for the postseason to get the most success that, that they can and the most time uh, time benefit out of their practices. I want to share with you some of the things that I'm hearing and, and some of the things that I would recommend as well. But first of all, I would ask yourself, you know, what are the two most important things that you need to sure up heading into the postseason? The two things that would give you the most bang for your buck as far as emphasizing to your kids, as far as spending time on and really trying to tighten the screws up on and really make sure that you're giving yourself enough time in these practices to get better at those things, right? It's bang for your buck at this point in the season. So here are a few of my thoughts when it comes to postseason practices. And number one, matchups. Matchups, matchups, matchups. So much of postseason play is about personnel, style of play, and how you match up against certain teams, certain coaches, types of athleticism, style of play. And so it's very important with the amount of practice time that we have, which is generally minimal, that we're really being situational with how we're preparing for certain teams. I think of teams that really play a base man-to-man defense. I'm going to really concentrate on man-to-man 
and running through our stuff, whether it's motion or sets and, and both and what that looks like as far as advancing the basketball and transition and, and staying spaced, even if, you know, maybe we struggle against a zone. But if you know that team is going to be playing man-to-man, situational, right? Understanding what other teams do so you can prepare for those things. Situational work is key. Two, you're watching film. And when you watch film, it's it's teaching and it's about engaging the kids. At this point in the year, if you're a coach that's consistently watching film with your kids, even though these are the most important games, it could also be easy for them to check out if you're not engaging them. And I'm not talking about the starting five, the players in the rotation. Engage with the entire roster. You know, and I was talking with a friend of mine, Coach Troshak, and he was talking about how engaging some of the bottom guys that aren't even going to play during those games, but engaging them during film as far as what teams are running, what some of their out-of-bounds plays might be, and giving them some ownership because you're saying, hey, it's part of your responsibility on game day that you're calling out the some of the plays and the actions that are going on on the court to help out the guys that are on the court and need to defend, you know, know, that out-of-bounds play or whatever it might be. But we need to make sure we're engaging, we're asking questions, and that, you know, we're giving responsibility to our players, not just the ones that are playing, but all 12 players or however many it is that you have on your roster. And another thing with film, I think it's, it's not the time to beat kids up and be overcritical. I was watching a game film with uh, a, a program last night. You know, they let me come in, watch a little game film, just kind of sit in the back and observe it. And it was really good to see how much teaching was taking place, how many times the coach was correcting players on the spacing and different movements that they were doing, you know, in transition on defense in a half court defense. Uh, but it wasn't this critical making you feel bad about what you're doing. It was this teaching-based type of uh, instruction that I know the kids really took to and, and to take a lot more ownership of, yeah, I got I got that, I got better, I'll do better next time. And I think that's really beneficial. Another one is shortening practices, which we've talked about in the past and we've talked about at some of our Coaches Edge meetings, uh, but still making sure you're getting a lot of shots up and making sure you know, first things are first, right? What are the most vital things that we need to sure up and continue to emphasize and practice? Understanding matchups are a big part of those things, as well as saying, what do we do? What makes us, us? And continuing to emphasize that throughout the course of the year. Just because you're playing a team that may play a certain style of, of defense and you're preparing for that, it doesn't mean you're not going to stay who you are, right? Because there's the whole other side of, hey, they got to adapt to us as well. And so we still need to make sure that we're emphasizing our own identity every single day at our practices. Another one is coaches can feel your stress. Coaches can feel your stress. So most of us heading into a game are not going to be the favorites, Right, you'd say fifty percent of the time you're not going to be the favorite. Somebody's going to be the favorite. Somebody's not expected to win. And either way, 
there can be some stress involved in that. The stress of, hey, we're supposed to win or the stress of, man, this team's really good and I don't know if we can beat them. So regardless, it's important to kind of be a salesman or a saleswoman to your kids to understand what their feelings are heading into this game, to meet them where they are and to be honest, but also make sure that you're building their confidence so that they feel comfortable about the game that's coming up and how they're going to be able to perform. And game film gives us a chance to feel a little bit more comfortable, making sure that when our practices were going over our matchups, we have a good understanding of what we need to do on game day. That helps relieve some stress for our players. And you know, the biggest one is just communicating on a consistent basis. And I think that that's an important piece for our assistant coaches to keep in mind throughout the course of the season as the head coach is really thinking big picture with their hand in you know, many different areas in the postseason. And that's something that the assistant coaches can really concentrate on is speaking life into these kids and really making sure and keeping a gauge on what type of pressure they might be feeling, stress they may be feeling at this point in the season and making sure that we're selling to them that we can win this game. And here's how we got to go about doing that. Number five, what are some of the specials that we want to make sure we have down and that everyone is on the same page? That could be a special situation uh, regarding time and score. You know, if you are, if you're up four and you got five team fouls and there's 20 seconds left and there's 15 seconds left, is there a point where you take a foul or you play them straight up? You know, some of those fouler defense situations, you can cover some of those. Are there specific plays that you want to make sure you're on the same page about when it comes to a few seconds left on the clock and we need to get a three, things of that nature? Number six, and we talked about this a little bit with shortening of practices, but a lot of shots up. I get a lot of shots up. Again, it's so important that your kids leave practice feeling like they got better and feeling confident. And I think one of the best ways that we can do that is working on our skills, working on our game. What's something that we need to do every single game? We need to make some shots. So making sure that we're concentrating on those things and getting some reps in, even if it, even if we're still shortening some practices, but we're not skimping out on getting some shots up. Kids feel good about that. Lastly, we want to tighten the screws up. So similar to how I started this episode and I asked you, you know, what were the most important things that you had to sure up heading into the postseason, the bang for your buck type things. Now I would ask you, are there certain things that you need to tighten up because maybe they've gotten a little sloppy throughout the course of the year? Maybe you're a team that you got a good record and you've been able to get away with some things that just aren't going to cut it against the higher level opponents. Maybe, you know, when you play a zone defense and you're guarding the ball and then the ball gets passed and you're really not jumping into the help or the gap or communicating the way that you need to, that's not going to cut it against those higher level teams. Those two steps or those two slides into a certain spot could be the difference in you being able to help on a drive. You being able to get a defensive rebound and getting out and running. Those little things can be the difference in a possession 
and a possession can be the difference in winning and losing a game. Making sure that we're tightening up the little things can be really, really vital for us. And maybe it's some of your offense as well. Re-emphasizing how we're running in transition and the spacing that we need to have as we run in transition, deep and wide generally, right? What's the half-court spacing that we generally want to have so that we can get into our actions, some of the triggers that go and go along with that, and then what follows is our motions, our alignments. You know, if you run a little more sets, there's going to be a little more set dominant there as well. But making sure that your guys or your girls aren't slacking off on what seem like minor things when they're actually the major things. How you run the floor and transition to the deep corner could drag a defensive player with you that creates more space so that you got a new driving angle and somebody else gets a score for a layup. Or somebody else runs front rim, but because you went deep and wide to the corner, you dragged that defender out with you, that opened up a pass for the first first big down, you hit them and they score a layup. Those little things that don't seem that important can give you buckets and can help you win those games. Um, I also think, I, you know, one, one conversation one conversation, many conversations that we've had with, with coaches been about free throws and how we go about practicing free throws and coaches that seems like they have a, a team that struggles with free throws, but how often do you shoot free throws? Do you mix them in? Do you shoot them in bunches? And all of these different things. And I, I recommend that you mix your free throws in throughout the course of a practice instead of hey, we're going to shoot 20. I don't think that's as, as beneficial. Um, but still making sure that we're getting free throws in because let's be honest, better teams you play, district tournament, there's a lot of nerves involved. And so making sure that we're not just getting shots up, but we're getting free throws in at this point in the season can be very beneficial. And I like to sprinkle them in throughout a practice or throughout a drill. I think there's a lot of benefit there. You know, so... If you're going down and back, well, maybe it's a free throw into a down and back. Maybe it's a situation, but you're working on your situations off of a, a free throw, which are also great things to practice. And then saying, okay, we're we're up two. We're shooting a one-on-one right here. There's X amount of time on the clock. And, and being able to get free throws in for different players when you're working on some of those special situations can be really beneficial as well. So um, I hope that... This gives you some ideas of some things that you can emphasize and, and practice with your program, with your team, is there's not a whole lot of practices left in the season. And this is a vital, vital time for every single team that wants to continue to make their way through the tournament in whatever state that, that you're in. And again, I'll go back to the first thing I asked you, which is what's one or two things that you can concentrate on to get the most out of your postseason and your postseason practices and let that determine much of what you do during your practice time. Thank you for checking this episode out. If you found it beneficial, please leave a positive rating and review. That goes a really long way. That's like gold for podcast people. And um, if there's anything we can do to help you out moving forward, please let us know. Uh, coachesedge.coach, C-O-A-C-H-S-E-D-G-E.coach. 
Uh, we're going to really make a big push in April uh, for how we're going to help uh, coaches. We have a ton of new things that we're working on right now that we're going to come out with in the spring as far as resources to help uh, coaches out. Uh, we got some really cool podcast guests coming up for the podcast as well. And uh, we're really excited to start traveling even more and run a lot of basketball camps and clinics. And many of those are with our Coaches Edge members. And that's really fun for me is we get these Coaches Edge members at coachesedge.coach and then they bring us in for camps and clinics. And then it turns into like a really full service, you know, basketball consulting as far as being able to work with our coaches both in person and throughout the course of the year online. It's just a lot of fun for me. And, and that's kind of the dream dream come true. So um, I'm loving it. And thank you guys for listening. Certainly appreciate your, your support. Get after it today.